Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity, not in Denver, but in the Twin Cities. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, and this is our second annual um, coming to you live from the, or live recording from the Twin Cities Marathon. We're very happy to be here. And um, before we get started, though, we did want to take a moment to remember last year, um, if you all were here with us, you remember that we had a very special, a lot of you are nodding, had a very special guest, Gabe Gruenwald, who unfortunately passed this summer. Um, and Carrie, we know she was a good friend of yours. Do you want to share a, a memory or two of her? Oh, you know, I've told a few things because she's been on C. Tolly Run as well, and she and I trained together a little bit and um, kind of grew up in the sport together. I came back from Villanova while she was still in high school and then she went to the University of Minnesota where I trained. So it was just fun to watch that team have so much camaraderie and so much love of the sport and to see her blossom into this amazing runner, but a more beautiful woman. And, um, one of my favorite stories, and you guys can go watch it. It's on C. Tally Run. It was when I was kind of showing some nutrition. It's on my YouTube channel. It wasn't on the podcast. And, um, we were making one of, I guess it was Justin's uh, famous steaks. Mm -hmm. And we made it at my mom and dad's condo downtown in Minneapolis, right where they, where Gabe and Justin live. And um, we got the pan way too hot. <laughs> and she, the the, com the company that owns both the buildings that my parents live in and that Gabe and Justin live in, um, the the alarms go off pretty easy. We mm. didn't set the alarm off, but we were so nervous because it was smoking so and much and splattering. And we had all the windows open and we just had the best time. <laughs> we would have had the best outtakes for that had we put them out there. But we were trying to be serious because it was a good, you know, nutritional video. But, you know, Gabe always brought that smile that you all can see in her pictures. Mm -hmm. um, she brought that grit and mm -hmm. that bravery and that hope. And it's been tough. It mm -hmm. hasn't been real easy to think that she's really gone. You mm -hmm. know, they traveled so much and she and I got to text, but it was few and far between at times because I didn't want to bother her when she was in, you know, BAMP with her husband mm -hmm. or she's traveling around. And um, so there's times where I pick up my phone and I want to just give her a quick text and I instead I'll text Justin. And oh. um, so I'm just so thankful that we here in Minnesota and around the world are running for her and um, she's with us all the time. Yeah, yeah. And and I should have, uh, I was negligent in my host duties. That is Carrie Tolfson who is talking. She is our great guest today and another um, Minnesota legend in the running world. So um, I'll do a little bit of bio about you, uh, that you are an elite mid-distance runner who competed in the 1500 meters in the 2004 Olympics in Athens, Greece. Um, as I said, you're a well-loved native of Minnesota. You are the host of your popular podcast, See Tolly Run. And um, somehow it's been six years since you've been on the show, Carrie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh my after golly, my gee. second baby. It was after your yeah. second baby, and you've and gone on to have a third there. baby. Yeah. I know. We have three big kids now. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you have had your third kid. Um, so can you tell us about their ages? Yeah, so... Ruby is right there in the front row. She's my photographer today. She Excellent. is nine years old. And then Everett's waving in the back row. He's six. <laughs> and he's the guy that was four months old when I ran my very first marathon. Uh -huh. That week, he turned four months. Uh -huh. And then Greer is way back there. He's three. Say hi, Greer. Uh -huh. And then my 
cute husband who is yeah. probably the reason why I have all these three babies. Uh, just probably. Just yeah, probably. Just a little bit. He calls it nighttime fitness. <laughs> so um, we did some nighttime fitness, I guess. <laughs> have that training plan all the time. Right, We're on right. it. No tapering there. <laughs> and he's also on the lifetime taper. Oh. So that's, I guess, whatever. There you go. There you go. Okay, well, Sarah gave us a little bit of background. We know that you were an Olympian. We know that you were crazy fast on a track. But give us a little bit of your running career. Did you run from the age that you were Greer's age? Or tell us a little bit how you found running. Uh, you know, I ran my first race as a five-year-old. Mm. Uh, and then I ran another one as a seven-year-old. And then I didn't run again until, well, I guess I shouldn't say that, but I didn't really jump in a race until I was 12. And the only reason why I ran when I was five and seven was because my whole family was out there doing it. Okay. And my dad was a college football player and wanted to take off some of the weight that he had put on in college, and so he started running. And my mom calls herself the bag lady because she <laughs> carries all the bags and is the moral support, but she actually probably would have been one killer athlete if she had the opportunity. She didn't have an opportunity to be in athletics. Um, so I really didn't start in competitive running until I was 12, and then I really didn't know what I was doing until probably – I was 14 or 15. And did you play other sports like in high school? I did. I was a basketball player, but we also grew up in a town of 1600 where we played everything. So, you know, I was in organized softball until I was ninth grade. I played tennis. I played golf every now and then. Um, you know, we just, we loved to do it. And we had such a tight group of friends that we all just kind of did that for fun. So we did everything. We were in music. We were in plays. And you kind of have to do that when you're in those small towns. So it was yeah. really good for us. And when did you know that you had some natural talent that you wanted to maybe enhance a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think my parents and my FIAD teachers knew early on. When okay. I was little, I think they knew. Um, not that I would become an Olympian or have a life filled of running. Um, but when I was in seventh grade, I was ninth in the state meet in cross country and really had no clue what I was doing. Wow. I just was excited that it was snowing and that I could, <laughs> you know, wear tights and a pink headband. Um, but when I won in eighth grade, I was like, wait, was that, did that mean I was... You, you won the whole state I championships won state, yep. for cross country. Okay. Yeah, in eighth grade. And then I think, you know, I won every year after that. And it just kind of built on the confidence that maybe this is, you know, something I should try to do for in college and, and then beyond. So were you a middle schooler and they let you run state? I mean, how did that work? You were at a separate school than high school. Well, in Dawson, we're all in one that's what school. I was about. That's what I started to sense because, yes. I'm like, because I know it's a record that you won it five yeah. times in a row. But we can still do that here in Minnesota. Oh, you, you can, can oh. be on the varsity team in seventh grade. And it oh. actually is really good. I mean, there are some, you know, there's things. You know, all of us go through changes, boys and girls. And, you know, a lot of times people wonder if it's good for a seventh and eighth grade girl, particularly, to run because we, are, we aren't quite a woman yet, you know, and you, you change and you have all these things, and it's really hard to figure out how to handle your body through that. Mm -hmm. But I also think, for me, I learned and grew up in the sport, and then by the time my change happened, I was ready to still prove everybody wrong and say, I'm not going to just be good in 7th and 8th grade or ninth grade. I'm going to be good in 10th and 11th and 12th. So uh -huh. it was, I think, a blessing. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. All right. So I mentioned that the last time we talked, um, you're about to do your debut marathon here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, and then now here you are about to go 26.2 again. And am I, so I stalked you around on the internet a little bit. It seems like you, that, that there have been no marathons in between. Is that correct? No marathons in between. Um, just running my mouth at marathons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're good at that. You're good at that. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. a lot of commentary at different marathons. And to be honest, you know, when you're trying to build a career off the track, and even maybe being Minnesotan, you don't say no to much. Yeah. And so when someone says, Carrie, will you emcee this event? Carrie, will you commentate? Will you come and speak? Will you do this and that? Um, I have a really hard time saying no. And so finally, I'm to a point where I was like, I'm going to say yes to me. Mm. And even though I, I called up Virginia right away at Twin Cities in Motion, and I said, I'm going to be home this year, but I think I want to run. She was so willing to let me run and say, we'll find people to do the commentary or whatever else. And um, it's been really fun to kind of put myself, you know, uh, on the top of the list right now. <laughs> Siri just had to chime in yeah. and give her two cents. She yeah. said, sorry, yeah. you're not yes. supposed to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, so I want to talk about your training in a second, but I want to know what, what are the best, what are the most fun commentary experiences you've had? Because I think it would be very fun to be a commentator. Oh, see, oh, I right. think it would be so nerve-wracking. It is nerve-wracking, um, and I'm an athlete, so I sweat all the time, just like I am right now, so I'm <laughs> running down my arms. Um, I would have to say calling Shalane's win in New York City. I was yeah. there with the two guys in the booth, and I know Shalane so well. I was at Villanova when she took her recruiting trip. Her mom actually coached at Hamlin for a little bit and spent time with my husband and family in Athens when Shalane and I were on the same team together. Um, and to see a woman that has been so good from so early on in her life and to compete against a Mary Katani, some of you guys might know these names, Mary Katani has just been a legend in the sport. And Shalane was as cool as a cucumber, handled her race the way she should have, and she crossed the line and had some vulgarity. And I remember it that. was crazy. And I got the chills. I was crying on air. We went right to commercial, and they were oh, like, boy. get it together, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you know, that was one of my favorite moments. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just been an honor to be a female voice in a world that's heavily dominated by men. And I'm not really one to – um, be so much of a fighter for female rights. And I probably should because I'm on. I'm just a little bit, I don't really, I, I don't really like to ruffle feathers. Mm, but I do, uh -huh. Minnesota, yeah. Uh -huh. But I do think it's super important for us to have a female voice. And mm -hmm. I've been, I'm proud to say that I've been there and hopefully can stay in it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I love that perspective, probably because I'm Minnesotan too. You're like, yes, I want to do it, but I don't want to hurt anyone on the way up. Um, well, uh, and it's so tricky. You say the wrong thing and you're out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you have to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm just curious. And, and again, I, I, we want to hear about your training. And one, one more question about commentating. Like, how much can you tell from their body language? Mm -hmm. You know, like mile two versus mile 12 versus 22. Like, mm -hmm. are you kind of putting yourself in their head? Are you going off of what they look like? I mean, obviously, if they're speeding up or slowing down, that's a nice indication of how their race is going. Yeah. But how, what, how else do you kind of get get your material for commentating? Well, you know, I think the, the big thing for me is to be studying what they've been doing leading up to the race. Okay. And I always like to see what their prep race was, what their last workouts, those kind of things. But I also try really hard to talk to the athletes okay. and to really see if there's something that has been lingering with them or if they've been sick. You know, so many of us have all kind of picked up a cold or, you know, been achy the last few weeks because that happens. That's what happens to them too. And um, I think that's important. But I do, like for me, when I ran the marathon, 
um, six years ago, I was feeling so guilty because I was doing quite a bit of commentary and I had never run 26.2. And not that a lot of the commentators have. Sure. But as an athlete, I was like, I need to feel that. I need to know what happened. uh So I did it and everything went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was seeing Jesus. Like (laughs) I seriously did. I had every white speckle thing going on. I felt like I was on the clouds. Like I'm like, what's happening? Um, But it helped my commentary because I understood like, really that happens? Like at 18, you do kind of feel crappy or you do start to feel really good. Um, So yeah, I do go back to that, but I also do watch every little bit that I can of their form. Sure. And, you know, in that race, speaking of Shalane and Mary Katani, you could tell, because I've watched Mary Katani for years, she was not quite on. She wasn't Mm. firing on all cylinders there. And um, Shalane just, Shalane could probably feel it too. Right. Sure. And sense it and just pounced on her when she could. She was like a cheetah. Yeah. Like an injured gazelle. I'm going. (laughs) If you go back and watch that race, how she powered by her, Sure. She put it on mentally and physically and uh-huh. just destroyed her in that moment. So it was it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So so talk about your own training now. So now we are the commentators. Sarah and I are going to be. Yeah. So we want to know. Like how oh, was, you'll have how, a lot to commentate on. <laughs> how did your training cycle go? And especially now that your kids are, you yeah. know, about six years older, there's a, there's a big difference, obviously. Yeah, you know, um, well, Greer's three. So that's so, not a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, it's he's not breastfeeding like ever it was yeah. um, when I ran this race uh, six years ago. So that's a huge difference. Um, but, you know, this training cycle has been pretty good. I, I wrote all my own training, and I love to do this thing that is called the long run challenge. And I start at 10 miles, and I go to 20 miles, and I add a mile each week. So it's about 11 weeks, and I just have done it for fun. The, yeah. Since Greer was born, actually, it was kind of my way to just get back out there. And I used it to just try to see if it would work for this. So I got to 20 miles about three weeks ago, no, four weeks ago. And then I had a down week, and then I did a 22. And then I've been down, or coming down. But I don't run very much. Now, you guys might think it's still quite a bit of mileage. I run about 40, 45 to 50 miles a week with a day or two off. But when I was running, I was at 80 to 100 miles a week. Sure. So it's, it seems different for me. But it's what my body can handle. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm right there with a lot of you guys doing similar training. And uh, it's been good. I also have been doing some filming for Wellbeats. It's an, yeah, yeah. It's an app. And I've actually had to go do workouts for that. Oh. And that secretly <laughs> has gotten me in better shape than anything. <laughs> so, um, you know, doing all my a thousand, thousand jobs that I have is probably part of the reason why I'm running decent right now. Uh-huh, sure. Uh-huh. So I know that in 2013, you finished in 302.47, and now you are aiming to run sub three. Well, Charlie's uh, house record is 301. Oh, so you're, oh, you're looking to beat your okay. husband. Yeah. He's pumping yeah. his fist back there. Yeah. I know. He likes to tell everyone I said that the last time, too. And um, I was, let me just tell you, the last time I ran the marathon, I got to about 19, well, where that big blow-up wall is. And I was like, that's mean. And then I got about a mile later, and I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. So I was at about 250 pace, 252 pace, and I got through 19 miles, and then everything went wrong. Uh. So I ended up running 302.40. What was it, 7? Yeah. I didn't even pay attention after you said over 3. So I added about 12 minutes, well, 14 minutes from 19 to the finish. So it was a rough last go. I was walking. I was doing all kinds of gyrations. Um, But now this time around, I'd like to break three. I'm going to start out at 6.45, and um, that's 2.56 pace. And I'm hoping to get to about 18 
and then start to push. I know it sounds funny, but I've been doing a lot of long runs in between 6.30 and 6.48 pace. Mm -hmm. And if I can just have a day like I do out on my long run days, that will be fun. I'm not trying to qualify for the trials. Yeah. I don't have enough mileage in me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just going to go have fun and wave to everybody and be thankful and hopefully see all my moms on the run or athletes that I coach and some other fans. And um, yeah, just enjoy the ride. Wow, that's awesome that you can say that with a smile on your face and be, be saying that, that about running a sub three. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think it. there's definitely something still in me that wants to try to train again and see if I could get serious and, and I, go faster. Yeah, I, but know, I know some people have been pushing you, it looks I like, know. on social, saying, what about the trials? What about the B yeah, qualifying times? Yeah, I'm already times? doing commentary at the, the not for TV for um, Atlanta Track Club. I'll be there doing other things, so I can't uh -huh. run that Oh, good, race. that's a good excuse. A good yeah. excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm committed. Even though I tell everyone we don't need excuses, I like excuses. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I signed a contract. I can't yeah, do it. Right. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what does it feel like to run fast like I, you know like like I mean because here I you say like, oh I'm doing you know 630 to 647 know. you know like like what it, tell us the sensory perceptions of that you know I mean because you went even faster than that on the track yeah you know so I mean like do you feel even your feet hitting the ground it's do crazy you, it's yeah. crazy like to think back when I ran, I ran 1504 for my 5K in 2004. Mm. And to think of that now, like, I don't even know if I can run one mile that fast, <laughs> much less put it back to back to back. Uh -huh. um, it's pretty crazy. And it's such a fun uh, thing to explain to people that it's it comes from within, right? And I know I have some kind of God-given ability but my favorite thing about this sport isn't so much about running so fast. It's just like this right here, you know, just seeing the joy that everyone gets from the sport and also the heartache that we get from it. But we keep coming back for more. Um, so running fast is super fun. <laughs> um, sometimes I take it for granted and I don't want to just throw out like, oh, I'm just trying to run 645s. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, in respect to what I used to be able to run, it's it's a lot different. And I do hope to have fun through that. So I don't even know, to be honest. <laughs> and I think that's something that's, you know, why? Like, I don't know what it feels like to run fast because it's what I've done my whole life. Uh -huh. exactly. right? uh -huh. It's just been there. Well, and I think it's important, too. I mean, I, I would love, you know, I, I, I almost feel like, you know, like, like your 645 feels like my 20 miles an hour on a bike, right? You know, like the wind's kind of whipping through you and you're like got a nice breeze coming at you. And But um, but what I like and talking to you and the other um, elite athletes that we've interviewed through this podcast is that you hit the, the highs and the lows just like everybody else. Like I think sometimes we think, oh, it's so easy because she runs 640, she's going to go sub three. Like it's got, it's easy, right? No, like you struggle just as much as us, it's just on a different relative scale, right? So I mean, I mean, tomorrow on Sunday in the marathon, you are gonna have some points where you're like, WTF, man, yeah, right? You know? Right. Um, and, and so what do you do to get through that? I'm just yeah. curious. And I know that you've got a lot of experience, obviously getting through mm -hmm. the highs and the lows because of your story career, but. Well, this is a whole new ball game. I mean, I was talking to my daughter and my husband this morning. I said, I used to run for four to 15 minutes. Like that's mm -hmm. the pain I would go through. It didn't last very long. Um, running in rain and driving, you know, winds and things like that. I didn't have to do it for very long. So I could wrap my brain around it. This marathon business is a whole different beast for me. <laughs> yes. Um, and so my husband, who is kind of an endurance guy, likes to do Ironman and these crazy long mountain bike races at, you know, 12,000 feet. Um, 
I use him a lot of times to just say, you know, because he knows me better than anybody. Like, what am I going to do if it's raining and whatever? And he's like, what do you mean? What are you going to do? Like, you've done this your whole life. So I sometimes just need to be reminded that I know what I'm going to do. I can tell all my athletes that. Sure. But I just have to know and believe, just like you guys, you've been training in this. Actually, we've been training in a lot of heat and humidity, which is a lot harder than training in, you know, cool rain. Um, but I will have to say that I just have to remind myself, and I have been visualizing a little bit, and I have been thinking about my race plan, and I'm also trying to just remind myself to have fun. And I'll be running with my Brave Like Gabe shirt on tomorrow, and that too, like, this is totally different. You know, I'm not racing for the Olympics. I'm not even trying for the trials. I'm trying to go and have some fun for me, and I can do this. And Gabe isn't here anymore. And it just, there's all these different incentives now. Sure, absolutely. Well, in your signature approach, both in running and life, is get after it. Yeah. Right. You have it on your socks right I there, do. which is awesome. <laughs> um, so, you know, what does that phrase mean to you? And how do you put it into action, both, you know, how are you planning on doing it tomorrow and then just in your life in general? Yeah, you know, my get after it just kind of came about. I think there were a number of sayings that I used to say when I was racing. And um, when I started my youth camp, back in 2007, I believe that was the name that my sister was like, Carrie, you always say get after it. And I have two older sisters and they are always reminding me to keep getting after it. When you're the youngest, you get a lot of nudging, you know? (laughs) And so we put that on my camp and then I just started using it all the time. And for me, when I say get after it, like you can't really just say get after it and be like, okay, you know, like it's got a a little punch. Yeah. Yeah. And So I just think like for any one of us, like I could be 4K into my 5K and say, get after it, get after it, just keep repeating that. Or I could be at mile 20 of 26.2 and keep repeating that. And I can be, you know, ready to step into the booth with everyone at ESPN and scary, millions of people are watching. And I just have to tell myself to get after it. And it kind of brings me back to race mode. And that's what life is for me. I kind of turn it into a long race. Sure. Um, And I always go back to the life lessons I've been taught through the sport. And I just get fired up. You know, I just, I want to be awesome at life and not just in running and not just at other things. I want to be awesome at life. And so get after it just kind of comes to the front of the head all the time. I like it. I like it. So you mentioned the camp that you do uh, with your sister. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that and about, um, uh, you know, why it is that you like working with kids. And also, we oftentimes get questions from moms who are like, oh, I'd really like my kids to get involved in running. What can I do to encourage them? So mm-hmm. what kind of tips do you have from your experience for that? Yeah, we started our camp in 2007, and we have anywhere from 80 to 100 kids, which is actually really nice. Um, we had over 100 one year, and I was kind of overwhelmed because I, I like to get to know the kids and it was just a little, it was, it was too many. Yeah. Um, but we have it right at St. Kate's in St. Paul and it's right around the corner from where we live. And I've loved every minute of it. It's hard work. I stay right in the dorms with my sister. Um, (laughs) I put everything on. Um, and you know, I've now learned to have adult retreats and adult camps and go to them. And we have one coming up with Moms on the Run. And they're so much fun to get to know the runner, no matter what age you are. And you guys have done this, and you know this. Like, It's just fun to get away from sometimes the atmosphere of a race and really just come together and just learn about people. And the run does that. And what I've tried to teach the kids is we can be you know, focused and driven and 
and powerful on and off the track, but we also need to do that in life. And so we just try to have some fun with them. But, you know, with my kids and talking with parents about how to get kids started, you know, if I could be like my mom and dad, um, or if Charlie and I could parent like my mom and dad, I think we would be rock star parents. <laughs> and I'm glad I can say that about my own parents. Um, but they just got me excited about it. You know, there was, there were, there were never, there was never a day where there was pressure to be good at something, but they did hold us accountable to try hard. And, um, you know, I just hope that parents now can put their kids in things they want to. You know, I think Ruby can tell you that she's in Girls on the Run and she does some of these events. But this morning, we weren't going to come out if it were going to be rainy and cold because I don't want to introduce her to this sport in a negative way and have her not like it. So I just want her to have fun and choose the things she wants to be in. But once she signs up for something, mom and dad are going to hold her accountable and we're going to make sure she works hard at it. Right, Rue? So she, so she was glad to get that uh, cancellation notice this morning. I mean, I kind of was too, yeah. to be honest. Not, I wanted my athletes to be able to run their races, but it would have been tough with the little kids to be hanging out in that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So um, so you've alluded to your um, role with Moms on the Run. We hear it's kind of newish. And uh, for those who don't know, Moms on the Run is a community of in-person running groups of, for women founded here in the Twin Cities by Carissa Johnson, um, who we've had as a guest on our show. So what's your role with Moms on the Run, and what are a few central tenets that guide you when you're crafting training plans? Yeah, so I'm the fitness director of Moms on the Run, so I've been helping build their plans. Um, they have their signature run to or walk, learn to run program, excuse me, where you can be a walker, you can be a jogger, and then you can also be a runner. Um, but I handle mostly the, the intermediate is what we're calling it, plans, which is anything above the learn to run. Um, and it's been so much fun to just kind of, you know, mix up the workouts a little bit for them and have more of a plan of getting them to races. And now we're doing more of the half marathon and marathon plans. And I'm learning right there with them because you know what? Listen, I'm not coaching other Olympic athletes right now. I'm coaching different athletes and it's been a learning process for me too. Some ladies are just trying to sneak under the six hour mark tomorrow, which is amazing. Some of them are trying to qualify and do some great things, maybe qualify for Boston um, or run under four hours. So, you know, it's a big range, but it's been so much fun. I only coach one time a week now um, and I miss coaching twice a week, but my family is just too busy. Um, but every time I come, I come home and I'm just excited because they're excited to get away from maybe the hustle and bustle of life, uh -huh. put themselves first for a second sure. and just have some girl time. So it's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, so switching gears a little bit, um, organ donation yeah. is a cause that you and your husband, your nighttime training partner, uh, <laughs> care deeply about. <laughs> Jimmy. He's getting red. Like, I am the loudmouth in the family. He's kind of the shy guy, but sorry, Charlie. Nighttime sorry, fitness. Sorry, Charlie. Um, okay, but he he did the, the Leadville this year. Yeah. Did he do that? The Leadville 100 bike-wise, yes. right? So Nuts. that's a really badass thing. So congratulations, yeah. Charlie. Did, did you get a buckle? The small one, that's still a nice, uh, huge accomplishment, it's actually. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Especially training in um, Minnesota and going up to Leadville, which is, you yeah. know, got a couple feet on Minnesota. And I just have to say, like, I would never tell somebody to do that if you train like my husband. How does he train? He doesn't. <laughs> so I love him to pieces, but I get mad at him when he does these races because it scares me. But he always proves us wrong. He's one tough cookie, but one he raised cookie. over $3,000 for the Chris Klug Foundation. And oh, nice. um, I 
have donor bone in my heel or had it. Um, so it was where, really, where did it go? Uh, it, well, you kind of regrow. Oh, so okay. um, <laughs> did you get it taken I'm out or sure something? If or? it's still in there or not, but okay. I think that your bone kind of regenerates. Sure. Um, but it was a, it saved my life. It saved my life in running, I should say. Um, and so for Charlie to say, Hey, I'm going to ride for this. That was pretty, pretty special. And, um, it was not easy for him. So I'm pretty proud of him. Yeah. So do you have, um, like Mount, cause the Leadville also has a, a foot race, you know, you can go a hundred miles on your feet. Is that any interest to you? You know, no, I don't think so. <laughs> he would love for me to do some trail races and things like that. But Magdalena Louis Boulay, yeah. she, yes. she actually ran in 08 in the Olympics and, I know her pretty well. She ended up winning the Leadville 100 mile race. So yeah. I, I can just, you know, cheer from afar and be excited that I kind of know somebody in it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's how we feel too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let someone else do the hard yeah. work, right? Um, all right. So sticking with your feet, but in a TMI capacity. So from photos, it looks like your toes took oh. some, uh, some beating yeah. your toenails yeah. and you're maybe short one or two of them. Oh, I'm short most of them, I would really? have to say. Yeah, and yeah, I you, always have. Like, Really? Yeah, I've had a couple of people say, what does your husband think about that? I'm like, you should see his feet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I have gone through, you know, all different sizes of shoes. I have tried different orthotics, and my toes just aren't going to be pretty. But I don't have bunions. So that's <laughs> a good thing. Nothing against people with bunions. Yeah, yeah. yeah a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no yeah, toenails yeah. really so, left right now. I guess yeah. I have my left big toenails there. So, but yeah, because you, you showed, it was pretty gnarly what you showed on Instagram. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the taking it off. So talk to, talk to people maybe who have, you know, a blood blister under a toenail. Like what, yeah. do, what do you do for them? Let's give well, them a little. Well, I am not a doctor. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. am a doctor of running, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a doctorate in that sport, maybe. Um, you know, I do pop my toenails uh, uh-huh. just because of just to relieve a little bit of pain do you go in, so, so she so takes it off no i just go she takes under it the nail yeah you can do that but you can also yeah. go through it yeah through no the top. i don't do you burn your yeah, needle no. yeah you have to burn i the burn the needle yeah <laughs> and then i i'll pop it you know kind of get some of the fluid out liquid out whatever you call it and then pus if you have pus go to a doctor um but i do have so our good friends live right next door and maria vu shout out to maria um she's a doctor and i sent her a picture and i was like what do i do with this thing and she's like i said do i pull it out and she's like no because it was still connected my big toe Uh and she said just cut it down because of the race so Uh um if you have friends they're, that are doctors, they're usually the them, best to go ask Text them, them really gross pictures yes. and say, what do I do with this? We no. like that. I, so I had a really bad one um, before Swim Run, which I did last um, August in Maine. And um, it helps to soak it if you want to get it off. Soak it in some warm Epsom salts. I'm just saying, that's one thing. I mean, you do have to rip the Band-Aid off at some point, right? And just yeah. get it off. But um, after the race, because I'd been in the water so much and it was, I'd been jostled around on the run, it was a nice, that was a yeah. nice benefit is I could just finally get that puppy out of there, right? <laughs> Yeah. I know. Well, well, this thing had like I think it had died like a month before. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's I was, just yeah, it's like hanging around like a split. End. I didn't like even it know just, yeah. though, but I had that what the gel, um, mm. you know, fingernail polish on it, and oh, I think it oh. kind of kept it there. Yeah. Oh. And then it was like really easy. So I thought it was more fun just to gross people out. That's why I posted it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It well, really it didn't ach- hurt. Okay, yeah, but it, you achieved your goal. So, yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so we, I know we have a lot of, not a lot, I know we have a handful of first-time marathoners. So this Yay. is your second time, so you're a vet. And it's been six years, though, so I feel like I'm a first-timer again. Okay, yeah. so we're coming back. Okay. It's like re, what? Regrowing re- your virginity. Yeah, I was about uh-huh. to say, <laughs> becoming, re- <laughs> oh. I don't even think you 
grow okay. again. I think there's a word though that says it. Like you're born again, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Born again virgin. Yes. Born again know. marathoner. Yes. Okay. Born again marathoner. So, um, so advice for first timers. Do not go out too hard. Uh, if you use the porta potty, come out of it and work your way back. That was my big mistake. Was I stopped at mile five? I had been training, 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 like not really having to stop to use the restroom, partly because I think I was breastfeeding, so I was like 100% dehydrated all the time. <laughs> um, but I came out of the porta potty and I had lost some of my the girls I was running with, and I sped up to go catch them. And I think I was okay to do that, but once I got to them, I'm like, you guys, I feel better running 6:30 pace than I do 6:50 pace, so I'm gonna go. And then they ended up passing me back. <laughs> yes. So just if you guys stop for a second, you know, you let your, your heart rate come down that way. It, don't get back into it and think you need to fire back up to get go and get your people in front of you or your pace group. Work slowly up there and just be super careful the first 18 miles. 18 um, miles. Yeah. I would say, yeah. you know, a lot of people say I'll get to half and then things happen. You know, then I can really start to make a move or whatever. Half is still a long ways to go. So I would say get to about 18. And what about summit? That kind of this oh. that incremental climb like how do you deal with that mentally or do you break it up or what do you do i, I was driving on summit it. right now we <laughs> drove down here on summit i'm like oh my gosh there's another one. Oh, there's another one <laughs> wait there's one more um you know i do think we just need to prepare for it you have to mentally prepare for it because physically we're going to be we're going to be tired so tonight you still have time tonight just kind of this is what i always did before big races whether you've been on the course or not, you can look at the elevation, you can look over the course, or if you don't even want to look at the course, just shut your eyes for a little bit. Be quiet. Like, we don't need our phones. We don't need racket around us. Just walk through your morning tomorrow. Walk through your race. Even if you're doing the 10-mile, just know that it's going to be hard, but you guys can do that. You know, you just have to put one foot in front of the other and not think so much. Like, that's the big thing for me. Don't think so much. Just run. Yeah. And do you are, you, are you able to, it sounds like um, you're a thinker. So, um, so if you like at mile four or five of tomorrow, nice and flat, maybe you're running by the river. I'm just making that up. But are you worried about summit then? Or are yeah. you, so you're, you're, so you think you're giving that energy, I which is what, what we're trying energy. not to do, right? You're trying to be where your feet are, be present, enjoy yeah. where you are. I right? just want to save a little bit for it. Okay. You know, and so you're not worried about necessarily, but you're just thinking about the energy. Yeah. I mean, I know it's going to hurt. So I am a little nervous for okay. it. Um, but I also know I'm super strong from all the long stuff that we've all been doing. So I don't want to give it too much, um, credit. Sure. But I also do want to know that it's going to be tough for me to keep my pace. You know, I, I was asking, do I have to have a little bit like, should I kind of run a little bit faster in the beginning so I can save a little for the end? And yeah, people are like, no, don't do that so much because it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. And see, I still ask these, yeah. you know, veteran questions or newbie questions, I should say. But um, I am going to just make sure that I just keep being positive. Sustain, sustain is my word for summit. Um, you know, just be powerful and use those word cues. If, if you guys have never used word cues, they work so well. And I know that's why I made an Olympic team is because I was training my brain along with my body. And what was it? Do you remember yeah, talk- what your word cue was for that? Olympic I had team? four different word cues. Um, but I remember for the last two laps of the 1500, it was get ready and kick. And so I had to just repeat, repeat, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, and then kick, kick, kick. And uh, I'll never forget that. I mean, it was just, I had four that day. I had five for the 5K, and it didn't work in the 5K. (laughs) Um, So I was really adamant about making sure I had my positive word cues. 
So when you say a word cue, I've never really heard that term before. Are you saying that's something you say in your head or that's what your coaches say to you? Or No, I mean, coaches can do it if you have a mental plan that you work with together with your coach. But for me and coach, my coach, Dennis Barker, um, he and I knew I had a mental plan, but we just discussed having a different word for each K of the 5K okay. and each lap for the 1500. Okay. Um, and now for this race, I do have some different word cues, and but I don't it's too hard to do it every mile. So maybe yeah, every that's 10K, a lot of words. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's, <laughs> you have, yeah, I remember Paula Radcliffe said, um, and she's the world record holder in the marathon. She, when she came back in her first race after having her baby, Isla, that was her word cue. Like whenever things got negative, she just went Isla, Isla, Isla. Mm -hmm. So you oh, could have sweet. one word. You could mm -hmm. have brave. Mm -hmm. You could have your husband's name or your, uh -huh. your wife's name, or you uh -huh. could have your kids' names, whatever it is. And, you know, just something to kind of, squash the negative thoughts uh-huh uh-huh okay all right and um so i hope it's okay to say out loud that you are uh now a master's age runner <laughs> well if we can talk about other things that yeah. we've talked about yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that yeah so um have you had to make any adjustments to any part of your training now that you are over 40 most definitely I yeah mean, so talk a little bit about those please yeah i'm not getting paid to run anymore per se um so i've adjusted my mileage just because i can <laughs> but i also think it's been really good for me to be okay with 20 mile weeks and also 40 mile weeks uh -huh. uh, you know this this plan for the marathon that I had I was wanting to be able to take two days off a week and be okay with it and as I get older I need that I need not necessarily two days every week but I need a day of rest uh -huh. more so because days of rest for me are fun like I like days of rest. Sure. Um, I eat, I, you know, go and play with the kids. I, you know, do all these fun things. And I usually, even when I run, I'm up early enough where I don't miss much for the kids stuff, but, um, I wanted to do that, but it also has really kept my body way healthier than it did in the past. And so I think the mileage is different. Uh, workouts for me are sometimes I go back to the dark side of being a professional runner and having, I get nervous of the pain sure. um, that I went through of going to the track or doing something super hard. So I've been happy with this, this cycle because I've actually enjoyed doing some of the workouts again. Um, but the workouts is where you have to be careful. So like anyone that you guys have followed any training plan, you have to have the ebbs and flows, right? Of easy days, hard days, rest days. And it's been kind of fun now to have that in my plan again. And Charlie and I kind of randomly will say, do I really want to do this again? Like, should I get going again? Because being a master's is kind of exciting. Uh -huh. And I'm chasing for different things. Sure. Um, if some people still say, are you going to podium tomorrow? <laughs> and I laugh because they have no clue how much faster I'd have to run to podium. But maybe being one of the top old ladies would be okay. A top old lady. I like it. I'm going for the number one old lady. Yeah, right. Well, and talk a little bit. Um, I'm just sitting here next to you with, looking at your guns. You got yeah, exactly. Some really nice looking at my sweat rings. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, it's all good. Um, but strength training, uh, I mean, we kind of beat that drum around AMR yeah. again and again and again. Can you talk about how your um, – you know, your gym workouts, your whatever, your mm. clamshells, your burpees, whatever you do. Um, do you do burpees? Um, I make my athletes do burpees. <laughs> <laughs> I count so, burpees, right? Yeah, for I'm going to be super honest, you guys. I don't do much weight work right now. I do weight work in the winter. Okay. Um, I, am, I am not, like, you guys should not follow my plan right now. <laughs> I, I run when I can, and um, I think Charlie can attest to this. Like, I don't do much else. I lift a three-year-old a lot. That's my weightlifting right now. Um, I think that 
like this summer, once I get back into the lifetime gym where I go and train, I do then spend 15 to 20 minutes, probably three times a week lifting. Mm -hmm. I have a little bit of an issue with one of my knees where if I do too many squats, like we do a lot at Moms on the Run, we'll do about 15 minutes of strength work. And if I do too many squats, then for about three days later, my knee hurts. So there's just things that I know I need to do. And if I were to coach you, I would make you do it. (laughs) Um, But I think that too. Well, you know your your own body. I know my body right now. I love to run. It's my mental health. And I just think for me, I have to stay at this point where I can get out the door every day. And I can't do a lot of that stuff right now. But I will be getting back into the gym. And um you know, a bicep is great. If you want it to look great, that's great. But it doesn't do much for you except propel you forward because your legs are stronger. So don't look at one's bicep and think they're a fast runner if it's ripped because our, <laughs> our legs are the, the meat of the whole, of the whole sport, right? Yeah, yeah. You want, you want to stand up and show us your quads and your no. glutes? <laughs> I always say my quads like blow in the wind now compared to how they used to be. They used to be so strong. Now they're like wimpy. Uh, and so we have the opportunity to ask, does anyone have any questions? Let's do a little Q&A since we've got such a great audience here. Does anyone have any questions for Carrie? If, either about tomorrow if you're racing or I want to know what you're having for dinner tonight. So I'll start with oh, a, an a easy question. question. Anyone can follow with that because that's an easy. What are you having tonight? Okay, so that is a good question. So this is the thing. I love pasta, okay. but I have some issues with it now when I go for a run. I have to use, use the bathroom. So I'm panicking that I can't have pasta like I used to when I raced. And so we have some leftover rice at home from mm-hmm. a couple nights ago. And I think I might just have something simple, some grilled chicken and rice and Keep it simple. I am going to go spend the night at my parents' house tonight. They wow, live. that's so elite I, athlete. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I don't get a hotel room anymore. What are you talking about? But uh, my parents live about three blocks from the start line. Oh, fabulous. And I haven't stayed at their condo, which they've lived there for three years. And I'm going to go see my mom and dad for, you know, 12 hours before the race. What and, time will you go to bed? Oh, probably about 10. Um but it's kind of getting me excited because I used to do that all the time with them. Even like for the Olympic trials, they came with Charlie and, and my sisters. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of like really racing because I'm going to go spend the night with my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, nothing real crazy. But, you know, I bought a good loaf of bread and um, just I keep it pretty simple. I don't know if I'm going to have my chocolate shake tonight, though. But Ruby mm. wants to make it. So if she wants to make it, I'll eat it. Uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah. And Ruby has some prizes to hand out. Some yeah. you might help you get after it these kind of prizes. So if anybody has a question, okay, come on up here. Please. Hi there. Um I'm enjoying seeing you in person because I used to watch your YouTube videos all the time and the podcast. So I'm just curious, do you give any intentional thought to race weight? And if so, do you do you think that, that it's off-season time that you try and achieve that? Mm-hmm. I, I know it's a delicate subject, but yeah. but anyway, just yeah. curious about that. That is a good question. You know, I have enjoyed in the last, and I, I'm just an open book, so to be honest, the last, I don't know, six or eight weeks, I have noticed, I like, I weigh myself every day. And not because, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I love to eat. and But I just think it's interesting. It's interesting to see if you're five pounds up or four pounds under or whatever it is. And I have a pretty, I fluctuate pretty well. So um, I have been down a little bit since this marathon training, but I know I've had more consistent training. Do I want to be at a certain weight? Not necessarily. I used to race at 128 
when I was um, competing, 128, 126. And I always felt like once I got there, it kind of just gave me like, oh, I'm here. But I've never weighed over 130 at that. And I don't like to throw numbers out, but you guys know I'm healthy. I have a very healthy relationship with food, so we can talk numbers when you have that, right? Um, I always tell one of my favorite stories from the Olympic Games was sitting in the cafeteria and seeing every size, shape of person, and they were all the best in the world at their event. So I don't think you need to be a 128, 5'8 girl to be a good runner. We all can be good athletes and good runners if we can, if we can put the work in. Um, so this time around, my weight has gone down a little bit just because I've been consistent, but it doesn't give me any incentive or any um, more information that I'm going to run faster. I think, though, it's a healthy thing for you guys to kind of track in your training log. If you're feeling really good right now and if you've been staying healthy, then mark down that weight. And then you kind of know, well, this, you know, at this time in my life, I weighed this amount and I had a really good race. You know, that might be your race weight. So I don't think it's something that we always have to think is a negative. If you're strong enough and if you don't have a, an issue with eating, then I think it's a good tool to have in your tool belt. So, yeah. I'm proud to say that I've loved to eat, and I'm proud to say that my body was healthy enough to have three babies, and I tell all my young athletes, like, just please don't mess with that. Life is way too short, and the sport is way too short if you do mess with it, because we end up usually getting hurt if we do. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right, come on up. So most of us are four- to five-hour runners, mm -hmm. and you obviously are under that. Um, we are learning to take about 200 calories per hour for on-the-course nutrition. How do you handle that, and do you get to do a special drink that's at one of those front tables? You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't get that. I am not fast enough anymore. Um, if, I really, if I really twisted their arm, maybe, just because it's home, the home course and uh -huh. hometown girl type thing. Um, but I'm going to be wearing a belt tomorrow with my Generation You Can. And how Generation You Can works is you really only need one serving every 90 minutes. Some people can go up to two hours. It's a slow, complex carbohydrate. I absolutely love it. I started it when I was training for the last one um, with Everett because I needed more. I thought I needed more fuel. And so I'm going to get to about 90 minutes, and then I'll start tapping into my belt. So I'll take one eight-ounce. Um, I, I slam eight ounces right before, about 30 minutes before the start. And then I'll, take, I'll start sipping about nine, 90 minutes in. And then I will take... At around two hours, I take one of those shot blocks, I think they're called, um, just because UCAN doesn't have a gel. So I'll take one of those every 10 to 15 minutes and just to give me a little boost at the end. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's important, especially for those that are running longer. You know, um, a lot of people, even at three hours, they don't take a lot of nutrition. So, uh, you know, I think it's important if you have been practicing but if you haven't I think it's you need to be careful out there but you do need to remember not just water you need some electrolytes we need a little bit of salt all that stuff out there and these guys have given you great education on it as well so yep I'll be doing it with you and I said I might be the only sub three-hour marathoner hopefully that wears a belt but oh, that's nice. okay <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think Kristen here. had a question oh very good, oh, okay. very good. Uh, all right come on back. up so my question for you is what shoes do you wear and what is your shoe strategy during training? Okay, great question. So Adidas has been my longtime supporter all through my competitive professional career. And so they, they sp sponsored me for, what was that? How many years is that? 13 years probably. And then I went to Reebok for a little bit. And then 
Adidas has always just been still like a family member. You know, they'll send me something if I have some kind of photo shoot or some kind of filming thing, or they sponsor camp. So they've really been close to my heart. So I wear all kinds of different of different types of their shoes, but I'll be wearing the Boston's tomorrow. Um, and then one thing, though, I would like to say is I do different events now, and I'm not contracted anymore, so I can wear Asics, and I can wear <laughs> Nike, and I can wear New Balance. And the one thing I think I would like to mention to you guys is if we get too stuck in one model or one pair of shoes, I do think it's really wise for us to switch it up. And so I rarely wear the same shoes huh. tw two days in a row. Uh-huh. Um, and it's not that I have a pair for long runs or I have a pair for workouts anymore. I just grab what I can. But I do switch up a lot of pairs. I mean, we probably have 15 pairs of shoes. Wow. In my, and they're not That's always that new. Uh -huh. But I just think it's good for my foot to be a little bit like, what's happening? Because it gets so stuck in the same way that I feel like that's why I got plantar fasciitis. Oh. I had it two different times for 16 to 18 months in each foot. Uh. Really long bouts of plantar. And I think it was because I was so just trying to be in one shoe all the time so huh. if i could recommend don't throw away your your older pair keep that for another couple hundred miles if you you can but get your new pair about 300 miles into your shoe so i like to have a number of pairs so one of my dream goals would be to qualify for boston marathon and hey. i've got a ways to go so i'm just wondering if you have any like specific speed workouts that you really like or recommend or anything like that I think the big thing for me is, especially if you're working full time and you're kind of burning the candle at both ends and you have kids or, you know, just life in general is super busy. Um, the long run is huge. And for me, a lot of times I don't just do a run when I'm doing my long run. I do a lot of workouts within the long run. And I think that if that's all the time you had in the week to be really purposeful in your workout, that's fine. Just to make sure, say, say you're doing a 16 mile long run and you do you know, three by two mile within that long run, or you do, you know, three by four miles in an 18 mile run. I just think those long runs are super, I mean, they're just really, really good for us. And they kind of kill two birds with one stone. Um, I also really like hard 20 minute runs, which sounds silly, like we're running a marathon or training for a marathon. But for me, a lot of times I get my speed work within these 20 minute runs and I do, you know, maybe some fart lick while I'm out there or, or end with five by a minute hard with 30 seconds recovery. Just little things like that to mix it up a little bit. Um, but rest is super important as well. So, you know, we work so hard. And especially at this age, you know, we're kind of all not middle age, but you know what I mean for a runner, maybe middle age, <laughs> um, that your body needs the rest almost more so than the hard work. So really pick and choose those hard days. But m my favorite workout is one of Dennis Barker's workouts. It's called the 15, 10, 10, five, and it's within a long run. So you warm up about three or four miles. You do 15 minutes hard, five minutes easy, 10 minutes hard, five easy, 10 hard, five easy, five hard, five easy. We can put it on the website if we need to, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're just mini, mini tempo runs within a long run. And you get so strong and you also touch on some speed. And I think it works your mind as well. Nice. Well, Carrie, thank you so much. You are just a gem and so fun to listen to. Oh. And um, we are really excited. Yeah, oh, high five. Get tomorrow, get after I, it. Yeah, you go get after it. <laughs> I'm not getting after it. You get after it. Um, yeah. But it was really fun to chat with you. Um, we are really excited. Uh, this is going to be a crossover uh, 
podcast, right? Yeah. See Talleyron. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, and um, also wanted to mention uh, while we have you all that um, uh, Run Like a Mother, our first book, has uh, just been released by our publisher. So we're super excited as about that book. as an audio book. Yes. yes. So yes. if you so, want to hear more of us talking, yeah, um, wherever oh, so do that. wherever you find audio books, you can uh, listen to Run Like a Mother because if you like our podcast, you know you get hours, hours. simply hours <laughs> of us. We can we can be with you for all your long runs and more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we'll be cheering for you tomorrow, Carrie. Thank you. I'll yeah. be cheering for all of you guys as well. And thanks for what you guys do. I know that a lot of ladies at Moms on the Run just love everything that you guys do, and the excitement and the joy that you bring to the sport is is amazing and contagious. So, oh, thanks. you're very sweet, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, um, want to say uh, thanks to Barry uh, Mador uh, of Fire on the Bluff for helping us record today. And our podcast is by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles to you all. Get after it. Get after it. <laughs>